Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. And welcome to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. And if you guys need a special battery whether it's a regular battery or uh, something special that's very rare and hard to find, stop by your local Interstate Battery retail location and talk with a battery expert. These guys are very knowledgeable in the products that they sell, and they can get you what you want, when you want it, whether it's a truck battery, whether it's a special battery for like a rangefinder or trail camera batteries, any type of battery, these guys are able to get it for you. So stop into an uh, interstate battery retail location, talk with a specialist, or if you want to learn about the culture, the company of interstate batteries, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bears. Probably in all of our not-so-distant past, we have been public land knuckleheads. And on this podcast, I'm joined by James Brandenburg, the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, Brent Reeves of the Backcountry Arkansas, just greedy good old boys, Colby Moorhead, Texas A&M graduate, moved to Arkansas and became gritty, tough, and smart and myself and we're talking about how not to be a public land knucklehead we hope this podcast has some real practical information for someone who's maybe not grown up with hunting in this uh quarantine era 
that we're in right now. Turkey hunting licenses have been on the rise in many, many states. A lot of new guys are on public land. Public lands are a lot more crowded. This is a positive thing. But we discuss the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts, and a bunch of other fun stuff on this podcast. Check out our buddies at Northwoods Bear Products. If you're in a state like Idaho, Utah, or if you're up in Canada and can bait spring bears this year, it's not too late. They've got some incredible commercial scent products. Commercial scents have more powerful strength than pretty much any natural odor. That's what they're chemically designed to do. It's chemistry. It's science. I love science. Check out Northwoods Bear Products. Also, our buddies at W Hunting Supply. For all your hound needs, all your Garmin needs, they sell uh, they sell the in-reach Garmin in-reaches along with all the Garmin tracking devices for hounds. Check them out. And lastly, our buddies at the Western Bear Foundation. Right now, currently, they are inside of a struggle taking the front lines on a lawsuit where they're trying to ban baiting bears in certain areas. And so Joe Condellis and the guys and his team are, they're being the voice for bear hunters and for reasonable, rational, conservation-minded people. Hey, enjoy this podcast. And lastly, check out our new Sheep Hunt of the South merchandise. We've got some cool stuff, some phone cases, some hoodies, some t-shirts. Sheep Hunt of the South is what we're calling an eastern deciduous forest bear hunt just spot and stalk still hunting in the national forest super tough hunt fun hunt anyway we've talked a lot about this idea of the sheep hunt of the south so if you don't understand that terminology go back and listen to our podcast sheep hunt of the south but super cool t-shirt and check out all our new merch at bear-hunting.com you're gonna enjoy this podcast Man, it's been raining all day long at the global headquarters. Um, it's been raining all day long, and uh, look who showed up when it started to rain: James Brandenburg. Yep, once the, again, the last podcast that James was on, we were fighting the pitter patter of raindrops on a, you know, uh, I, I call it a canopy. A canopy. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. some reason, I couldn't think of that word. An awning at mm-hmm. Turkey Camp. Yep. But the Global Headquarters roof is a little bit better. It Even is. though I, I will have you both know, and if you'll look up to the right up there in the very peak corner, you will see what appears to be just like a little bit of fiberglass insulation. Yeah. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. That is a squirrel that has chewed through the sheetrock and is trying to break into this place. It doesn't really? seem like a very smart squirrel. Does he know what goes on around here? Exactly 16 feet to the east of that squirrel hole is a little squirrel dog named Tess that would just erupt. So anyway, we're at the global headquarters and it's raining <laughs> and we got squirrel problems. And James Brandenburg is here. Hello. James Brandenburg, um, backcountry hunters and anglers. Yep, still. Yep, still still kicking it. Yep. All right. We got Colby Moorhead. Colby, like me, is needing a quarantine haircut. James, your hair looks pretty good. I got one Brent, last weekend. You've always needed a haircut <laughs> every day. 
Brett has a head of hair like a 1940s football helmet. <laughs> you can't, it's so thick, you can't shoot a BB gun. <laughs> uh, no, so... Uh, I'm embracing Colby it. Colby Warhead, yeah. You're yeah. looking good. Yeah, you're like I'm a it. flame. Yeah. You look good. You look good, man. It, it makes me look faster when I'm on my bike or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> blowing locks. Yeah. Uh, and then, to my right, I don't know if you can hear the thunder, but it is thundering. I have Brent Reeves. So, uh, Brent. Hey from Brent. Hey from Brent. Good to see you. Hey, what we're going to talk about today, this is uh, usually when James is here, we're having some like topic-driven podcast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of different kind of podcasts in the world. Yep. You have the short, punchy, topic-driven, just like where people like, they just basically pretend like they're not friends. Right. It's just like, I don't care about your family, your life, or who you are. We're going to talk about the facts. Mm -hmm. Not this us. is not that podcast. <laughs> this is not but it. Sometimes we shift gears to where we're a little bit more topic driven. So we're we're like trying to accomplish a very specific goal. And that would be this kind of podcast. Today. Yeah. And so what we're gonna talk about is uh, and James is gonna give us a little a little backstory info of why, but basically how not to be a knucklehead. When hunting public land, that's right. Because what uh, what I've realized, what James has realized, what Brent's realized, Colby, we've all realized that we all know it, but we're all at different levels of experience hunting public land. Um, is that there's a very long list of unwritten rules that are very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let me begin by saying before I ask James to say talk about kind of the quarantine and kind of just the idea that of, of and I'll let him say that. But there are zero rules. I mean, like, if you're a hunter, if you're a new hunter, you buy a hunting license, and you're not a convicted felon, and you can carry a firearm, and it's hunting season, and you go into the woods and public land, it would probably be in your best interest to kill game to follow the best hunter that you know, <laughs> literally to his stand. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. his tracks. <laughs> Run him off. I think that's a hunting strategy that some guys have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run him off, offend him so much that he's perturbed and go somewhere else and then hunt in his stand. Mm -hmm. And he would have broken zero laws. Zero, correct. <laughs> yeah, zero laws. But in fact, that is exactly the opposite of what you need to do. <laughs> that's right. If you desire to be a functional, normal human yeah. In, yeah. in modern times. If you want to be invited back... In air quotes. Or if you mm -hmm. want to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Walk yeah. without a limp. <laughs> no, but it's kind of interesting when you think about it because there, there, there's no – I mean, like the, the Forest Service, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, the commission of your state does not have a list of laws that – you know, ethical law, you know, social ethical parameters for how people that own the same amount of land no matter how long you've been hunting down at Biomeet and Brent yeah. I've never duck hunted there one time in my life if we show up there on the same day we have equal rights to every square inch exactly. of it yep but we don't do we no I mean because <laughs> <laughs> we don't at all no not even close and, and so that's what we're going to talk about there yep. are there are parcels of land in there that belong to individual people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly well so we're going to try to get to some like real practical stuff yep. just like uh, you know give some examples like of parking your truck how far you can hunt from someone else what to do if you see a hunter what to do if you see a tree stand 
Can you set up a camp three days before you plan to hunt to save a spot? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of some of these like kind of unwritten rules. Like, uh, what do you do if you hear another guy calling a turkey? What do you do if you walk in the woods and you find a, a, a gut pile where somebody killed a deer there yesterday? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, just random stuff. But James, so what's the what's the uh, you think more people are hunting now that yeah. there's a yep. the quarantine? Yeah, I mean, all you got to do is a quick Google search, and you can get that pulled up pretty quick. There's plenty of hard data from some of the states who have have already put out their you know double digit increases in license sales for you know the most recent season being turkeys. Mm. Um, you know, states with 20, 30% increases in mm. license sales. Some wow. states seeing 30 and 40% increases in turkey harvest year over year. States mm. where uh, Georgia, for example, you know, um, is it Mike, uh, Chamberlain? Mike, Mike Chamberlain? I was he about had, to say the same thing. Yep. He the had, turkey doc. He had put out that in Georgia, the number of people who had taken two turkeys had increased like, I want to say like, I may have these numbers backwards. Somewhere in the 30s percent. Wow. Mm. Or maybe a- it's somewhere in the 40s percent. And then the ones that had taken three turkeys was the other one. You know, 30, uh, 35 anyway, or 40 significant percent. significant increase. Mm-hmm. Significant increase. So all of that, that's all hard data. Now, all you have to do is go out and drive drive through the National Forest and and know that if you've been there before, you can see that there are more people there than what have been there. You know, I went out and did a, did a loop, um, a few weekends ago and, you know, we were still in, you know, for lack of a better term, quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, so all the rec areas are closed, Mm. but any of the normal spots where you're going to see people under the bridges, along creeks, you know, the rec areas, people, there were dozens and dozens of cars out there. People mm. all over the place. Um, so, what does that mean? Well, number one, what are, are these people new or are they reactivated? You know, the hunters are they reactivated hunters? Are they new hunters? Um, maybe they haven't been out there for a while, but I'll bet you there's a lot of new people out there. Right. And we've talked before. You know, I still kind of count myself on the newer side of the scale, and. Um, got us to thinking and and we were kind of having a discussion amongst our Southeast chapter board and Jeff Jones, who's on the national board now, he had joined us for that discussion. And, and he said, you know, it would be great for somebody to, to just talk about some of the etiquette of being out on public land and do it in a format where we can share that with people and help them to get educated. But, you know, the other thing is just remind some people who have been at it all their lives that we're not born with this innate knowledge yeah. of the, the yeah. unwritten rules. Yeah. You, you need That's a to good reminder. show some grace to people and, and help them understand that, you know, hey, instead of chewing them out, you know, maybe just help explain to them that if you want to park here to hunt, maybe don't park your truck in the middle of the road yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's not done with malice. Right. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes it's <clears throat> automatically perceived as malice. Oh, oh yeah. I would think that would be the first thought. Yeah, some jerk has done this. But, but that's where the new guy comes in. He's probably not going to think that. Mm-hmm. He's probably not going to think anything about it. Yeah. Until 
you know, that norm is established with him. Yeah. So there's there's room for interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's really interesting that uh, there's so many new people in the woods. And so let's just let's just jump into some examples. Yeah. Or, uh, um, you know, to me, here's what here's what here's the way we'll do this, James, is that I'll do one. And we'll have a discussion, and then you do one. Okay. Like I'll 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 read one of my statements that I made that I felt like was kind of a good question to be answered, and then we'll just have a general discussion about it. And I think from that, people can draw some conclusions, and then you can jump to one of yours here. Okay. We got a we got about a list of about probably fifteen. I don't know, twelve things here. Yeah. But okay, so so here's this is a like very simple entry point level stuff. How far from a truck? Should you hunt when you're on public land? Because that's the way. I mean, people are presumably driving vehicles to mm-hmm. public land to hunt. <laughs> yeah, unless they're riding a mule, mm-hmm. which uh, if you know if you see a parked mule, uh, <laughs> maybe a little different story. Mm-hmm. Now, so you see a truck parked on the side of the road, and he's in the spot you wanted to go, and so you go, dang, he's in the spot. Many many options here. Do you pull up right behind him and park your truck right beside his? And go hunt your spot. The answer to that is an emphatic no. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that is a good way to get a flat tire, to get a black eye. Unfortunately. To offend mm. someone deeply, deeply. Okay. Um, so then the then the question is, um, and, and I mean, I, I've been tempted to do this before, and probably if I'm being honest, I've done this known that a guy was hunting somewhere and then go way around and basically come into that same area. <laughs> I've done that in You're my younger guy. days. <laughs> I mean, like, be like... You were younger um, yesterday, like, Clay. I, I know. So, I don't uh, think I would do that today. Okay. But, uh, but knowing that that guy was probably 200 yards off the road and I was trying to get back in there a mile... You see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, I mean, and that so that whole scenario is a real gray area to me. So okay. I mean, think about the place that we turkey hunted this year. Yeah. Okay. And where we parked and how we did that. You know, imagine if if we had, imagine if we had stopped the truck a half mile sooner, but otherwise followed the same trail in. I mean, there were hundreds of acres on either side of where we were where somebody could have come in right behind us but gone a completely different way yeah and so how do you solve how do you resolve that i think it matters what you're hunting if you're turkey hunting you need to leave big space in Mm -hmm. between you because you can hear a turkey gobble for half a mile right so you know even if you're and that's where you can cut somebody off and people get mad is if you park your truck on the road and then you go out of sight and park your truck and you're essentially hunting the same turkeys and you're like well i didn't park by him you did you're hunting the same turkeys yeah and 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 the the question that i would ask myself is that if i hear his turkey gobble am am i gonna go the opposite direction i mean and that's a hard (laughs) yeah like so but if you're deer hunting that's a little bit different Mm-hmm. Because if you're deer hunting, I mean, you know, you don't, you don't, you certainly don't want to barge in on somebody, but it's not vocal. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to 
you know, you're you're you're, you're hunting these deer. Yeah. It's 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 a little bit different. Well, you hear a lot of stories in turkey hunting too about close calls because you're yes. not wearing orange. You're it's a safety issue. You know, you're trying to really be hidden. You're putting decoys out a lot of times. Yeah. So I mean, that makes a lot of sense to to operate it try to operate at far exactly mm-hmm. exactly and 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 i think weapon makes a difference too if it's bow season yeah and you know i mean like you know that this is you can shoot 40 yards mm-hmm. i mean and i'm not saying go in on somebody but these are things i would think about and i mean the answer to the question is go somewhere way away nowhere close to that guy right i mean the whole key to public land hunting is having multiple options is everybody having a space yeah, it, because, I mean, th- I don't want to. I mean, part of the reason that I don't do a ton of Arkansas turkey hunting once the adult season starts, we do a lot of youth turkey hunting, is because I just despise going to my spot and my heart fluttering a little bit when I see a car parked there. Mm-hmm. It's just like, ah, I'll just do something else. Yeah. Like, I just don't I don't want to share the woods with a stranger. Mm-hmm. It's not because I don't like that guy. It's just, you know. I have found that with age, that is more and more the case, too. Yeah. Because it's just, and it's not, I still have the same desire to smash a turkey in the face as I did when I was 16, you know, however many hundred years ago that was. But I don't want to deal with. 1886. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, I don't want to deal with everything else that goes with it. And And it's not as important to me. Being 54 years old, killing a turkey, I've killed 115 in my life total and it's not as important to me as the experience is i think and but you can't narrow it all down to just young folks being disrespectful i mean it or not so much disrespectful as being encroachful if that's a word but you know you get the gist of what i mean and it's not just you know the college age kids the young folks the new hunters or whatever that are that are crossing that line of of being respectful or yeah showing you know etiquette or or whatever however you want to describe yeah. it it's, it's not just them that's doing that yeah so i think you know the the drive or whatever though will play a large part in that as well yeah well i, I know that uh there's some public land we hunt down in southern arkansas that uh there's just common access points that you park on the road, you know, but you walk okay, in. Okay, so, so I, multiple, I, so it's so it's normal there for yeah. multiple vehicles to be parked in the same spot. Yeah, and, I was about to say. Yeah, and walking into something that's like a normal like travel, we'll call it a travel corridor or something like. But like they go in and they they maintain certain areas, and so you'll have a lot of guys that like you're walking in the same boot prints as somebody that morning, but you'll never see them because it's like it's like you go down a certain amount and then everybody just kind of fans out into their their right. own area. So yeah, I think ideally, that, yeah, yeah, I think context it has a lot to play. So That's if you're good. like going down some road down some national forest and and you come up to a truck that's like there's nothing that is common in that area. It's like you're you're yeah. on his spot. And it's like, if you see flags there, it's like, I'm not going to follow any of these flags. I'm going the opposite way. You know, if somebody's marking their trail or yeah. or something. But uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point. Because <laughs> what I learned this year, turkey hunting over here close to the house, just two mornings. Well, maybe just one morning we went out over here. Man, y- y- if, if you had followed the Gary Newcomb code of conduct for public land turkey hunting, we would not have had a place to turkey hunt. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because he goes if, out of the zip code. Well, yeah, he? and so do I. I mean, like yeah. if you see a truck, just forget go to another place, yeah. like a long ways away. Right. And I mean, there were trucks parked every half mile, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, well, if we're gonna play this game, we're gonna just have to pretty much be close to people. And so we did that that morning, and we walked up on three people while we were in the woods. Yeah. Wow. Which was, yeah. And one guy, I mean, I say we walked up on them. They came up on us. Uh, One guy was at the truck when we got back. There was a truck parked by my truck when we got back, and he was waiting for us to come out so he could go in. Yeah. Mm. Uh, And uh, one guy drove a four-wheeler right past us. We, I mean, he didn't know we were there. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. just putzing around on a four wheeler. He stopped and he told me, I killed a turkey right over there two <laughs> weeks ago. I mean, he, he told me everything. And yeah. uh, he was a real nice guy. I mean, you know, you, you do have this image. Like when I heard that four wheeler coming, I was with my daughter. And it's like everything in me pictured this guy as just like, a dirt ball. Right. <laughs> it, 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 I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Every other hunter in the woods is a dirt ball. Yeah. Uh, the other team, on, when your kids are playing baseball, yeah. the other team, those kids are dirt balls. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but so are their as, parents. Yeah. Oh, they're all terrible people. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Well, and, and, and when I, when I realized the guy was, it was a little, little, just little pig trail road. Mm-hmm. And so he's coming down the road and, and I want him to know we're there as a, you know, turkey hunting is one of those things where it's best to just let people know you're there. Sure. So I didn't want to jump off the road. If we'd have been bow hunting deer, I would have been like, jump in the ditch. Let's just let him go past us. Right. We're turkey hunting. I want him to know where we're at. So we just stand there. And in my mind, I'm envisioning like <laughs> I'm gonna have to defend my daughter yeah. when this turkey hunter, when this turkey hunter rolls up, and I'm like, whatever happens, River, just you know, Daddy loves you. <laughs> yeah, and it's this old guy, and he's just like, Hey, how are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. Man, I just out hooted on the hill. I didn't hear anything, but I killed a gobbler right off there last year, and I killed 17 gobblers over here. <laughs> rub, 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 rub. I mean, just nice guy in the world. Yeah, you know, it kind of changes your perspective. Yeah, like these sure. are yeah. these are people just like me, just trying to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Most of them, yeah, yeah. most yeah. of them. Yep, I yep. think that changes with like squirrel hunting or something. It's like oh, I'll park a lot closer <laughs> if somebody's squirrel hunting. You know, yeah, I yeah. think it the just context. depends on the season. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah turkey hunting is the most touchy one. Yeah. Yep, because you're 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 hunting vocal animals it's, it's, and, and duck probably duck hunting. It's hard, well, it's hard enough. Turkey hunting is hard enough by itself. If you get competition, you know, it's twice as hard. Yeah. <laughs> so that that would tend to make it more of a sensitive issue. Yeah. So now, what about duck hunting? Because that's, I mean, I don't know if we, I don't know if we have time to go into all of that. No, but. I'll, I'll hit the high points. Um, and I think of public land hunting forever. It, it's been. What we call the public shooting grounds. It's uh, by me to wildlife refuge uh, and centered around Stuttgart, Arkansas. It's 36,000 acre green tree reservoir, the largest green tree reservoir state owned in, in the world and hmm. managed for waterfowl. And you got 36,000 acres. Man, that's huge. Well, back, you know, when we first started, it used to be legal to uh, guide duck hunters on on public land. My brother and I, we had a guide service and we did. And I can remember in the eighties and, and early in the nineties, uh, in the middle of the week, you could go out there and there was a place close to where our camp was called 
Buckingham Flats, which was a, a 400-acre tip-cornered piece of, of biometa. Tip-cornered? What's that mean? Well, it was – it's um, it wasn't – Oh, surrounded by ag fields or something? Yeah, it was, and, and one corner of it touched biometa itself. So it, it, it was – Biometa is a body of water. Yeah, that's that's the, 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 public, the public shooting grounds. No, mm-hmm. biometa is a bio that runs through there, but that area, that wildlife management area, is called biometa right, right. wildlife management area. Yeah. So – this 400 acres was kind of set off by itself, but it was attached at a corner to the rest of the public land. But had two access areas to it, and we could go there during the middle of the week with paying clients or by ourselves just on a pleasure hunt. And there may be two other vehicles in the parking lot, or there may not be anybody in there. And over the years, with the popularity of waterfowl hunting from TV shows and the internet and all that stuff that made duck hunting a fad. The population uh, or the the number of hunters has grown significantly. Yeah, you add a caveat in there of of the duck numbers going down substantially from what they were. The flyway somewhat changing, ducks short stopping, not coming as far south as they did. And you limit you're limiting the number of ducks coming down while you're increasing the amount of duck hunters mm-hmm. going in there. So, and I mean, it's a, a very passion-driven sport. It is a, in that part of the world, I mean, you got people coming from all over the world to that area to, just to duck hunt. Mm-hmm. And to the economy there around Stuttgart, they, they, the Chamber of Commerce down there says that on average, it's a, during a 60-day duck season, it's a million dollars a day of revenue coming mm-hmm. into that area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a high priority f- for those businesses to, to promote it, to keep it going, to get that income coming in. So you got all those folks down there, and you got limited space to do it. They, they cut out all the, the guiding down there, thinking that would – So you can't, you can't, you can't guide on public land. can't guide on public for land waterfowl. for waterfowl. You can't for yeah. anything else. Right. But so they, they cut all that out, but uh, it – that wasn't the issue. The issue was just the number of people's in the limited space to put it in. And so, what's the what are the rules? Like, certainly there's the, only <clears throat> limited access point if you're talking about putting in boats. Sure. So sure. you're you're gonna see a bunch of people at the boat ramp. Yeah, and they the, the problem was that people would go in early. They used to call uh, call them hole runners, and and folks, guides, people that wanted to hunt, pleasure hunters, whatever. They would lay claim to a certain area down there, you know, and like that that hole right there off of the main creek channel or whatever to the left, you know, I grew up hunting that with my daddy and my grandpa, and we always hunted that area, and we're going to hunt that area every day during duck season, and we're going to get in there early and claim it. And it would be to the point where folks would be spending the night in boats down there with mm-hmm. lanterns mm-hmm. and saving those spots, which was perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. It got to the point to where a few years ago they had to instigate a rule of where no boats or nobody could venture into the WMA until a certain time. I think it's like 4.30. I don't hunt public land anymore mm-hmm. for just for that very reason. It's too mm-hmm. much of a, of a headache. But they limited the number of uh, at the time that you could go in. That increased the congestion of boat motors, of, of boat traffic. At the same time. At mm-hmm. the same time. It put everybody leaving at a one 
point, and they it's like a Kentucky Derby down there. Mm-hmm. It's just there were boat wrecks and boat crashes and fist fights and mm. you name it mm-hmm. that developed from that. And the game of fishes, I mean, you know, I hate I would hate to have that problem because I don't know what the answer to that is, and and they they it's a struggle for them to figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of that goes to it if people respected the next guy enough they they, they've even that's my answer to it it's just people are out in this day and age more not everybody but a lot of folks are they're worried about they're going to get in there and get their spot regardless of you know what happens and try to beat james do you have a specific question to ask him about that i mean it's I mean, there's a couple different things. One of them is going to be all around, you know, obviously if there's a boat in the hole that you're trying to get into, that's pretty easy. Um, but if you you pull up to a parking area to a spot that you're going to walk into, mm-hmm. um, I mean, because I'm thinking of a place that I hunted this year specifically, we were always only the ever tr- – we were <laughs> – say that the right way. We were only – we were the only truck there. Mm-hmm. It's the only one that we ever saw. But I know from walking around in that area, it could have supported easily three or four groups of hunters like us right. if they'd all spread out. So right. it wouldn't seem fair to me if I was the second truck there to turn around and go somewhere else. But I don't know where those people went. So how do I deal with that yeah. what the, the how it used to be this, this you know and i'm i can only talk in and how it was it's been in my experience but even as late as in the 90s when you got there and you and, and a lot of places we didn't use a boat going to we would walk into there mm-hmm. in buckingham flats especially because uh, you couldn't really go a lot of places unless the water was flooded out everywhere you would walk, you'd leave the parking lot walking, and after half a mile or so, you'd start hitting the water, the flood water, and then you'd walk into wherever the knee-deep place was you wanted. And how it worked back then is you got to a spot. When you got there, you threw your decoys out, you sat on a log, and you drank coffee till it come time to, to duck hunt. If you saw another light coming, you'd shine, shine, your, light. You'd mm-hmm. shine your light at them. Those folks may shine it back. That may holler and say, hey, we're going – Left, we're going right. We're going to come. So we're going, we're, going, we're going to walk right by you and, and go on past you. Has anybody mm-hmm. gone through? No, man, come on. Mm-hmm. Or and, or if there was, we'd say, hey, come hunt with us. You know, mm-hmm. we've done that before. Yep. Yeah. But there was always that unwritten rule of you didn't go up next, get too close to somebody. Yeah. And, and another thing that was that was just an absolute. No, no. I mean, it was a bad thing. If you had to set up close to somebody, you'd get within 150, 200 yards of them. If they're working ducks over there in that area, and duck, I'm talking about they're calling to them, and ducks right. are responding to them, mm-hmm. to that area. When they, when they flew over the top of where they were, they wouldn't shoot at them. They wouldn't call at them. Mm-hmm. Those were your ducks. And when that happened, when they started working ducks, you would honor that as well. And, yeah. and man, that worked like that for mm-hmm. a hundred years, and wow. then all of a sudden, it didn't it didn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And they mm. would they would shoot your ducks, and you're you know in quotation they would shoot the ducks that flew over, and it just got to be a 
a contest of who could get them shot out first and and you know give back to the mm. truck. And people they didn't. There, I don't think it'll ever be the way it used to be. Uh, Tess I don't, sees that squirrel is trying to eat in a hole. <laughs> she got him at gunpoint. Yeah. You know, there. and that very well may have started. See, that system works great as long as it's saturated the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, because the first time that the group over there started shooting your ducks, your group started saying, "Dang." Well, I guess we're just going to have to be yeah, every man it. for himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was those guys over there that just didn't know any better. Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe they were jerks, but probably they just didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Probably they were. Could have been. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Co- coin toss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's let's just say they were new guys and we're just like, there's ducks. I'm going to call it those ducks and shoot them. Sure. And then, and then they messed up a whole system of honor. Mm-hmm. That was inside the hunting world, and and honestly, that we could sum up everything that we're going to talk about today with having a code of honor of treat others like you would want to be treated. If yeah. I, if my truck is parked on the side of the road over here, I don't want you anywhere near me. Mm-hmm. I want you to go find your own turkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I'm bow hunting whitetails, yeah, I mean. I don't want you anywhere near me. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I've got to have enough character that I. You got to do the same thing. You got to do the same. You got to, sure. you got to go somewhere else. And then, but then you also learn the culture, like what Colby's talking about. I've hunted in some of those places down South in these state management areas mm-hmm. where there may be only five places to park your truck on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go home if there's a truck park. It's okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, if that that you know that's the golden rule of it is yep. to treat somebody like you. and and, mm-hmm. and the way you know how you would want to be treated is you wouldn't want somebody to jeopardize your hunt sure. you've taken time off work you've spent your scouting time your gas your whatever and like if if that other person does something that's going to screw up your hunt then you're going to be like dang mm-hmm. so just right. don't do that for someone else right yeah yep you know i think there might even be exceptions in different places just culturally i know the a place we've hunted there's a there's a natural gas gas pipeline that runs down through the the area, and it's not uncommon for it's like you're walking down the pipeline and somebody flashes a light, but they like you know they'll motion you to keep on going, and you just walk several hundred yards and just keep going until you find a spot where no one is. Like, yeah. Um, but the deer they travel like across the pipeline; they don't go like up and down. And right, but that's just so kind you of would like be a, hunting different deer than them. Yeah, and you know a lot of the guys that are there, like you've seen them around the different like access because that's their spot. Yeah, yeah, that's where they. <laughs> Because you, yeah. you followed them in there. <laughs> Wait, you were following them around and marking all their truck yeah. Yeah, parking yeah, yeah. locations, yeah. weren't you? That's something on the list here. <laughs> well, um, that, okay, that's that was all great stuff. Um, James, you're, give me give me one of yours, and let's discuss. It. Let's um, let's talk about social media etiquette. Okay. 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 This so, is taking um, it up to modern technology. Yep. Yep. So we're all out there hunting. We're, we're, it's been a great season. We're having success, right? I got out there early. I found a spot and I, man, I killed a big old bear. And Ooh, I get on, so, I get on social mm. media <laughs> and I, and I'm just like, look at this bear I killed at blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and I was doing this and doing that. And Wait a minute. This is your spot, though. Well, I mean, this is where I killed it, so it must be my spot, But right? you wouldn't tell where you killed it. Well, mm. maybe I don't know any better. Okay. Mm. okay. Okay. Let's just... 
So let but let's talk about that. So first of all, let's talk about blowing spots up on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, accidentally. Let's also talk about I'm a new hunter and I'm trying to find somewhere to go. And then you get on social media and you're oh, like, yeah. hey, can somebody tell me something about you know, now that you say that, I have seen people go, I killed this turkey on such and such WMA this morning. And I know all the people that hunt that WMA are going, doggone it, man. Don't mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. There's, yeah. well, there were some stories shared whenever I was gathering information for this, talking about some places that just got flattened. Mm-hmm. Turkeys got flattened this year. Because mm-hmm. people got on social media and were bragging about what they had done, yeah, and it just it, it just took fire. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it happens. Point. I mean, p- either people don't know or they're too dense to not do it. Yeah. Go so think. what's your what's your answer? Well, I mean, so first of all, if I think you need to you need to understand that you're not the only person who hunts that place. And number one, you've got a some responsibility to your fellow hunters to protect it, to protect the the nature of what's there. Um, you also have some responsibility to protect the wildlife that's there. I mean, if you if you go in some place and and shoot a trophy deer, and then you drop a pin and basically say, "This is where I killed it." Everybody's going to think, well, man, I'm going to go in there. It's just like, it's just like the Missouri trout parks. You go up to Roaring River up here. Oh yeah, oh, he just did it. <laughs> <laughs> you Every, can't put it. You can't put anybody else in there. You can't put more people in there. It's <laughs> yeah. already full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you go in there and and you watch, and when somebody pulls a big trout out, it's he's like a magnet. Everybody just comes and stands next to him and starts casting <laughs> over him. Yeah, like they're going to catch mm. that fish again. Yeah, <laughs> and so. You've got to realize that that that's going to happen for you if if you, to the animals it's going to happen to your yeah. your other hunters that are in there that spend all summer and all you know all season long scouting and working for whatever the yeah. animals are that are in there. So be responsible when you put things on social media. Well, I, I think here's here's a good rule of thumb is you know people want to be I mean part of the story is always connected to a place. Mm-hmm. Like like if you're and if you're posting stuff on social media, it's because you have this innate human desire to share a story. Mm-hmm. That story inside of hunting is always connected to place. Place gives even value to that. So that's why people want to say, "Man, I killed this at the such and such." But you just have to be general, and, mm-hmm. and you have to make a decision of how general is general enough. Mm-hmm. Like you could say. A lot of times of late, I've just been naming the state, yeah, and the corner maybe Northwest Arkansas deer, mm-hmm. Northwest Arkansas this or that. And you know, if you draw a map around the twenty five thousand square miles that encompass Northwest Arkansas, and you can find, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty big area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you just have to be general. Now, yep. some people like I think it. Depends on how big it is. If you're talking about a WMA that's ten thousand acres, just don't name the WMA. Yes, yeah. just, just don't. Uh, if you're talking about a national forest that's two point two million acres, perhaps you could say, 
I mean, I wouldn't suggest it, but I've done I, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Ozark National Forest. I take pride in that, you know. And it's like it's a pretty big place. You're probably not going to draw a lot of attention. And then if you throw in something really negative about the place, it'll drop off the riffraff. So say, <laughs> I killed this buck. I've hunted there for a week, and it's the only one, boys. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Climb through five miles of blackberry brambles to get there to it. And the thing about it is, you know, you can have some some detrimental effects by giving the, the, the spot away accidentally or on purpose, but you still hadn't broke a law. No, yeah. no, it's you all. Hadn't, you hadn't done anything, man. You I, know exactly wrong, but on the other hand, you have. I you know? have. Let me. This is funny because both of you guys have hunted with me on public land, so I'm not talking about you, but I could be. If you mess up, okay? <laughs> you could be this guy. No, what I've found is, uh, you know, you got to be careful who you take into your spots. Absolutely. You, you absolutely do. You have to trust them that they they have the same code and ethic as you do. What I find is people on accident do stuff. Like, like they'll not meet. Okay, I'll give you an example. That is not either one of you guys. I took a guy into a pretty good spot of mine. And uh, he's never going back in there. I, I know he's not. I right. mean, like, I'm not worried about that. Colby. Colby. <laughs> <laughs> well, he told a uh, oh, family member of his about it just in conversation. And then and then he, he told me that he told his family member just as if it was nothing. And, and his family member had been in there before and knew the spots. And I was just like, dude, you gotta be I kidding don't me. need that guy knowing exactly where I took you. I don't care if he's been in there or not. I don't want him to know that I was in there. Yeah. And he had no malice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was actually a veteran hunter. Just in his world, it just wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, just public land. I told my brother-in-law where we went, and I was just like, <laughs> don't tell your brother-in-law where we went. I mean, you know, um, so... Usually people do it on accident. Yeah. Uh, and people there's people are secretive to a degree, but then there's people inside their circle that they'll tell anything to. For instance, you could take somebody hunting, and you cannot make them not tell their dad or their uncle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't take Clay Newcomb anywhere that I'm not probably going to tell my dad where we were at. You could you could be you could say Clay, swear to secrecy. You will never utter these words again in your life, or I will cut your throat. <laughs> and I'll be like, Yeah, I'm good. And then I'll be like, Dad, we went in back in there to uh, <laughs> such. A, I mean, you know, you do it almost unconsciously with like people that you're super tight. Because my dad's not going in there, but my yeah. dad didn't swear. Right. To anybody, he, so, he didn't take the blood oath, and then so dad's like, "Oh yeah, Clay and they went over to blah 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 blah." And, and my dad's never done that. I, I'm not throwing my dad. My dad Gary Newcomb has never done that. That has been done to me, yeah, by <laughs> friends that I've taken. Sure, and I can't. And honestly, I evaluate that when I. And all my friends that are listening to this, I'm not talking about you. Okay? <laughs> There's like four people right now that are going, is he talking about me? No, I'm not talking about you, okay? That person has already been dealt with, is what Yeah, you're that saying. person is no longer alive. <laughs> They're no, outside the circle. No, but so I'm just saying, you just got to be careful. 
Yeah. If and, and not that the whole objective of a hunter is to keep his spot secret. I mean, it's like we inside of modern times, the way we will persist and our culture will persist is if more people get involved in hunting. So, I mean, that seems kind of hypocritical in a sense. If you were from another planet and you were peering down yeah. and we're having these conversations like, we need new hunters. Public land is awesome. It belongs to us all. And then we're like, man, I Stay will. Stay out of my spot. That's yeah. my spot. So, you know, there's a part of, you know, but there are things that you just kind of, you, you got to kind of keep close and you just got to be careful who you take mm-hmm. in there. And mm-hmm. it's a good thing to share stuff with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, a human sharing a hunting spot, honestly, is one of the most ancient and honest and real hat tips that a human can give to another human. Absolutely. For yes. real. I was actually just thinking about that. Yep. How, I mean, that is such a core part of the human hunting experience is this, you know, the shared yeah. activity. You know, I'm going to help you. You're going to help me. Yeah. Um, so it's weird to talk about not sharing that, but I think it speaks to the bigger picture of how we form those hunting relationships. That's right. I mean, I got all kinds of friends who I would never take hunting. Yeah. You know, and for all my friends who happen to be listening to this, I may be talking about some of them, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, you know, for various reasons, but I think it speaks to what we what you form as a hunter, and that's probably a subject for a different podcast, but end of the day, what we share on social media, we have to realize it's just like what mom and dads, moms and dads tell their kids, be careful what you put on the internet, because once you put it out there, you can never take it back. Yes, there forever. And, and we would do well to look in the mirror and repeat that to ourselves before we put some of these things on social media in, in a lot of different ways. But with regard to where I killed that big buck or whatever, did you kill that big buck? Well, (laughs) I did not kill it. anyway. (laughs) You must be thinking of my son. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I I think, uh, I think inside of, if we're talking about taking people hunting, yeah, like I think there's a dual part responsibility. And this is the reason I've taken both of you to places that I, that are you know spots that I know is because I know that you will pay the respect. I think there's a responsibility of the taker to be very clear about his expectations. When I when I took together with you and uh, and Zach, I it's, it explicitly said, "Man, y'all come back in here." Do you remember me saying mm-hmm. that? I said, "Man, come back down here." Totally fine. There's places that I would not say that to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My feelings are hurt. No, no, they can't be. They can't be. And if I took you in there, I, I mean, it would be my responsibility to have the character and the the boldness of just knowing my value system to be like, dude, don't bring anybody in here. Mm-hmm. Don't don't come back in here. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, I do. And, but- and I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Do you think that's fair? I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Maybe it's not. To, Tell I think me it's, it's not. If it's I think not. it's fair to ask because I've done that with people that I've guided in in public on public ground. You know, like or it's some folks that I've taken hunting, maybe not guiding, just a pleasure hunt, and that has bit me in the behind more than once. Tell me, like they you took them in there and I, they asked if they could come back. No, 
I took him in there and said, hey, you know, we found this spot. I've been hunting here on the Arkansas River for 20 years, and we found this spot here. And I'm going to take you to it. And I, you know, I appreciate it. If you could let me know if you want to come back, I'll be glad to take you. Okay, that's a good way to say it. And it's essentially saying, don't come back in here without me. Sure. And then show up over there. My brother and I go back, and here this guy is with three other people that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And But what he ain't done, he's done, he's broken no laws. Well, he's broken a trust. Yes. But he, he, I mean, when you That's get down, bad. when you get down to the to the brass tacks, he hadn't done anything illegal. Mm-hmm. But nah. but he but for what we're talking about, a public land etiquette, he's uh, he, he's that's hurt murder. You bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's listen, the death penalty. My <laughs> dad, my dad, uh, at the expense, and this is where if you're talking about building friendships with people, my dad used to not hunt with certain people because he knew that they were going to take him to a spot that probably he was eventually going to find on his own. Right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if that guy took him in there, dad, I mean, my dad would just like never go anywhere yeah. within five miles of there for the rest of his life. Yep. Like that's the kind of code. Basically, I grew up with a, the most conservative possible way of thinking about public land etiquette. And so dad... The guy invited him, hey, let's go back in there turkey hunting, Gary. And Dad was like, he turned him down. Yeah. Because Dad wanted to go in that area. The, the guy's not the one who turned Dad onto that area. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Dad knew eventually he was going to get back in there and find stuff. Yeah. And so he didn't want to do that. Um, and I, I get that. Because if if it's a spot, like if I took you or you to a spot that you are never going to find on your own, then I think I've got the right to be like, hey, don't come back in here and not be a jerk about it. Just like, hey, we're just two humans. I hope that you have a spot that you like that much mm-hmm. that you could just be like, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, Do you, you think can, it's fair, James? I, I think it is. Um, I think it's mostly fair. I think part of that, that we have a responsibility as hunters, if we, you know, to pass that culture down is to explain why we're saying that to people not because we're a jerk not because we're greedy yeah not because we're hoarding right but but also to explain why what attracted you to that spot so that if i'm a new hunter i could go and i can do my own work and that's part of part of what um to me you know the benefit of of going with other people is learning from those people. And so right. we as hunters need to keep that in mind as well. Like if I'm if I'm the more senior hunter or fisherman, I try to explain to other people like why did I pick this spot? Yeah. I might be right, I might be wrong. But I want that same thing in return, especially if it's going to be that situation where like I'll take you I'm going to take you to the spot, but this is just for this is just for us today and you know, I'd appreciate if you not come back here unless unless I'm with you or you let me know if you're coming back in here. And you know, you you would hope that would be nuanced <laughs> enough that you wouldn't have to be that direct. You yeah, but some of us are dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Some of us are just socially dumb about that kind of stuff and wouldn't know. Or just wouldn't know. Yeah. You just yeah. like well, yeah, I'm thinking of an example of a new hunter recently that just thought public yeah, a different story. Uh, um, 
I think there's a context to that too because it's like that's your spot. It's not saying don't come back to like this WMA or this set of yeah, mountain yeah. range. Like there's oh, a no. there's a nuance of like, just like yeah. you know it encompasses. Well, this. And, and the other way that that's fair to say is because I know that there's 15 other spots just like my spot mm-hmm. that you can go find. But I like what you're saying, though, James, about trying to understand what that spot's like. Mm-hmm. And and that, to me, is where, as mentor hunters, that we share our information. And mm-hmm. I freely try to. Yeah. I but, mean, like, like, I'm not trying to keep you from finding the best spot in the world for killing a big buck in the national forest over here. I want you to find that. But, you know, uh, that, that, that helps that helps the seasoned hunter right there, helping somebody else because he, then he's going to get away from him. Yeah, he's going to find his own spot. Yeah, you you don't you know teach a man to, give a man a fish, right. feed, feed him for, for a day. day. Yeah. Teach a man to fish, yeah, feed him for life. Right, exactly. And it's the same. It's the it's the same basic principle. It's simple. It all comes to respect, and it all comes to seeing, looking at this thing out beyond killing an animal or taking an animal home with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes it goes way beyond that to get the full experience, the true experience of, of what it is. And, you know, sharing, taking people hunting, I, I would rather hunt with somebody than I had by myself any day, especially mm-hmm. the older I get. I would rather take somebody with me, a kid or somebody that are an adult that doesn't hunt much, you know, and let them experience what I spent a lifetime looking at and watching those folks see it because that's you know you get to see it for the first time all over again mm-hmm. and yeah. watching somebody to me watching somebody we've taken kids we had a kid that worked for us that guided for us and i put that in air quotes he just he hung around the camp and he hunted with us and he learned we he learned to hunt ducks and he learned to call and he got it, it was the best thing in the world watching that kid go from zero to a hundred and he didn't need us you know two or three years he was ready to go on his own we, yeah. we hunt, he's still hunting with us but watching somebody grow and develop and do their own thing and, and being able to go out and find their own spots mm-hmm. and and do that is is to me was very rewarding yeah. as well yeah. yeah yep i think it's the motivation too of the mentee mm-hmm. like if you're just trying to find a just to sap off a good spot from somebody then I got no interest in taking you hunting. Yeah, exactly. yeah. If you really are interested in learning, I mean, I'll probably open the treasure fold to you. You know, I mean, like you mm-hmm. perceive that about people. Yeah. Of like, what's their intention? You know, I think that means a lot too. But yeah, I, I think uh, the rule of thumb is is take nothing for granted mm-hmm. and be explicit in your communication. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's taking you hunting, just straight up ask them. Or or just assume that you can never go back there. And then maybe they slip in a Air, if you want to come back in here next week and try to kill that turkey, go for it. Man, I can there's assure your green you, light. I can promise you that that happens more times than not when you don't ask. Yeah. Can it, I come Clay, can I come back in here? You always tell me no, but you're a bad example. He's <laughs> kind of selfish. He very <laughs> But when but when Someone, when I see somebody enjoying themselves, and you got no inclination at all that they're going to come back tomorrow with their brother-in-law, he's like, "Man, come on back in here," you know, or or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And it, it's just uh, the respect thing. I think is 
will go a long ways in, and you know in what? helping. That's a cool part of friendship, too. I mean, really, I, I keep hammering this down. I, I wrote it in the editorial of the May-June issue of Barony Magazine, but, man, what gives value to our hunting is our relationships. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, it really oh, does. I mean, yeah. like, we think... Clay Newcomb thinks that he's after big bucks and big bears, and that's like the goal of what I'm trying to do. That is not entirely true. You take human relationships out of the picture, and that has way less value. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I want to go kill a bear so that I can come home and tell you guys the story. Sure. Yeah. That, yeah. that that's what has value. Yeah. And and even to a very more a much more primitive functional human understanding hunting has always been about provision for other people sure i mean like a hunter goes out he leaves his family and brings back provision that allows them to live to share so i mean like this whole hunting thing i mean like we you know there's all these different representations of hunting that we see on social media and and we do like to nerd out about the tactics and about how tough somebody is if they're a hard hunter good they are but really, a lot of it is about the kinship that we have with people. And I say that yeah. to say I enjoy sharing a spot with a good yeah. friend. Sure. Yes. Well, and I think and I think that <clears throat> probably is what motivates a lot of us to do that sharing that we do that sometimes brings us great rewards, but also carries great harm sometimes. It's like yeah, the double edged yeah. sword. You know, we want to share that with other people to to build those connections with them. And you don't in, in that rush to feel, to, to feel the, the happiness of sharing with others, you forget about the possible harm that can come on the backside of that, um, from being too free with your information or from, uh, saying, you know, I mean, it, you can take that a lot of different ways, pictures that we share on social media and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. man, it's, it's hard to be a human sometimes. <laughs> you know, I find that there's different gradients of hunters. Uh, like the other day on our turkey hunt, public land turkey hunt river and I came out and there was a truck parked by my truck and it upset me at first. I was like, doggone it, this guy. Cause I thought he'd parked right by me. Sacred. Yeah, he parked, <laughs> he even had a white pickup. just like me. Uh, and I thought he'd parked beside me and just walked right in on us. Well, when I got out there, sure enough, it was the same situation. It was not a bad guy. It was an old man sitting on the tailgate of his truck. He was waiting for us to come out. And, man, he told me everything he knew about turkeys in that part of the world. Yeah, I mean, he told me about turkeys he'd heard gobbling that day. He told me where they were going to cross the road. He told me – I mean, he just – nothing was – Nothing was off limits. And, uh, you know, there's some people, and you kind of like that guy. And, and I, I I didn't use any information that he gave me to do anything. And, you know, I just went home. Uh, but, but then there's the other guy that is just so tight-lipped. You know, I, I, well, that, that brings up a great point. That another kind of line in the, in the topics that we, that I kind of gathered. And, and that's the idea of two guys cross paths. How much information are you going to give that guy if y'all are walking in opposite directions? I mean, there was, there was some pretty colorful stories shared about, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I'll tell him I was hunting back over on this side over here and I was actually over there and I heard a bunch of gobbles back over there, blah, 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 blah. Or you know, I'll, I'll tell him I was hunting in a completely different county mm. or, or whatever, you know, I mean, I don't have to enumerate all the stories. People know, people can think in their heads what it was, but point being is that I think what I took away from that was going into the situation. I should know what am I, how am I going to interact with somebody? How much am I going to interact with somebody? If I'm, when I'm bear hunting this fall and I cross paths with somebody, if, if I've got a piece of information that's valuable to me, how much of that information am I going to share? Yeah. I don't think you're bound by any code. I don't to think share you have any, to. I, I think the like only that. code that you're bound to is don't tell a lie. Yeah. Because you'll go to hell. Right. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't say moral code. I got you. You share anything that would be a safety factor to somebody, like, hey, when you go back, when you're crossing those falls over there, you step on that big rock out in the middle. You're you're going swimming or. Mm-hmm. I saw a big rattlesnake or whatever. You 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 tell somebody something that could anything that would be a potential harm to them, but you don't have to tell them that you heard three turkeys in there. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that, right? You know, and I've had. So what I, if he asks you if you saw if hey, you heard turkeys I, in there? I got a good I got a recent example, but go ahead, Brent. Yeah, if he asks you that, you know, you know, I've heard them in here before. <laughs> <laughs> That's Brent not a is, lie. Brett is really good at this game. Way better than me. That's a former law enforcement officer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they play nuance really oh, well. Brent's really good at it. Yeah. Now, if my modus operandi in the woods is is I will not lie to someone. I mean, I won't lie to anybody any other day. So I don't right. know why I would lie to him on the day I'm hunting. I mean, so guy says, "Do you hear any turkeys?" If I heard a turkey, and you ask Clay Newcomb in the woods. If you directly ask me, did you hear a turkey? And I say I did not, then I truly did not. Now I may not answer you. I mean, I'm, it's possible <laughs> I could evade. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie to you. Do you yeah. understand? Oh yeah. But the other thing is, is uh, you don't have to tell a whole story. Like the, yeah. we were in Montana a couple weeks ago, and walk walk out to the truck, and a, a four wheel drive vehicle pulls up. It's clear it's a hunter. He's wondering what we're doing, and uh, I'm not the best at this game. And uh, the guys I was hunting with were very surprised at how much information I gave out to these guys. Now, it was my spot, so I could do whatever I wanted. They were with (laughs) my my guys were with me, right? So, uh, but this guy just said, "What are y'all doing?" I said, "Man, we're 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 bear hunting. You see any bears? Yeah, we did. Way the heck back in there." I was like, I mean, it was like six miles from where we were standing is where we saw a bear. So I was like, <laughs> man, at the very back of that place. I mean, really, if that guy wanted to go in there after that bear, more power to him. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and then, but I did not tell him a thing about the turkeys that we had just worked for two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, and so the guys were like, man, you gave that guy a lot of information. I said, I didn't tell him about our turkeys. He didn't ask about turkeys. <laughs> Luckily. But, uh, but I think, anyway. I, I, yeah, that's a tough one. Most of the time, it's best to just keep your mouth shut, mm-hmm. unless. So, but I've been in the woods too, where I've met a guy that it's like I'm going home and I ain't coming back here 
for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I'll tell him everything I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been in that same situation. You know, you just help a guy out. You know, he's just like you. He just wants to yeah, kill a turkey. Nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if you're in the heat of the hunt, you don't. You're not obligated. You're going to be pretty close lipped. And you're not. I mean, let him do his own scouting. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, dude. Do the legwork. You'll find some. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I've been all over this this country back here. I've been all over that country over there. There's just as many turkeys over there as there is here. You just got to get out and find them. Well, hey, the other side of the coin is being the guy that's getting information. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recently hunting with a gentleman up in Montana that was very good at getting information from people. Yeah. He when he when we came up on people in the woods, which we came up on a quite a few. He was constantly the first one to ask questions. Like he he got them on the kind of defensive mm, mm. and most people just spilled the beans Heard any turkeys out here and now that's because they follow the clay newcomb code of not telling lies <laughs> yeah yeah well you would be surprised it's been my experience in the law enforcement game for the last 29 years that people like to talk and if you will ask a question and shut up and listen they will answer it mm-hmm. and lots mm-hmm. of times they'll volunteer it more than more, you ask. More than you ask. Yes. That's me. Absolutely. Yeah. I would be a terrible criminal. Uh, we cannot. I'm driving from now on anytime we cross the border. <laughs> <laughs> Britt had to give me a tutorial on how to cross the Canadian border. Every time. <laughs> Shut I'll up, I'll be getting Clay. better at it. Answer yes or no. <laughs> All right. Uh, how, what, how, what's our time here? We're at one. Okay. Let's do. Uh, let's do. James, why don't you pick one others? We have done like two. Of our 12 here. Man, okay, let's talk about some real operational stuff. You had talked about like how to park on the road and, and things like that. Yeah. So let, let's try to cover some of those things that are yeah. people need to we know We can try to stuff. be shorter. We won't go down rabbit trails. Yeah, here. yeah. So to me, one of the – you coach, coach me through this with more questions, but let me answer that question, okay, yeah. James? Yep. Find another one. But like – like parking on a road. A lot mm-hmm. of times you're on a secondary road, yeah. like a two-track pig trail road mm-hmm. yep. that is only open for one vehicle to drive down. And a lot of times, you're, I mean, your truck is your signal to the world that you're hunting in there. Mm-hmm. But you still do not own that road. No. And you have to park off that road such that someone could get around you. Yeah. Even though... You, you know, don't want them to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even though you shouldn't. Like if you're on a tiny little road that goes back in there a half mile and dead ends, mm-hmm. and a quarter mile into that road you mm-hmm. see a truck parked, and you know that that guy is down at that cul-de-sac, Al hooting, <laughs> you turn around and go back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you cannot block that road because yeah. what if I've dropped my son off down there well, and I've gone somewhere else and I got to come back and pick him up? Or what if there's a side road? beyond where you're at and there's mm-hmm. somebody parked in there that you don't know that at nine o'clock in the morning is going to come back out and not right. be able to get around your truck. I mean, just stuff like that. So you always got to pull way off the road. You can leave your, leave your, you know, the back corner out just a little do bit. Do it. If for nothing else, do it for the aspect of safety. If somebody gets hurt, first responders, we got to get back in there. Mm-hmm. Right. And you would want the same thing uh-huh. afforded you. And I have run into that in, in, in my life, trying to get somewhere to help somebody and somebody park like that. Unintentional, obviously, but result is the same. You can't get back in there and help somebody. So do it for just for yeah. the sake of that. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, let's talk about camps real quick. So that's part of the scouting that I was doing recently was looking for places to set up camp. Yeah. And obviously I found a bunch of places. So now the next thing in my head is how soon is too soon? And, you know, what, what do I need to do? Like to air quotes, I'm going to use air quotes, hold my camp. You know, I don't think, I don't personally feel like it'd be right to go in there three or four days before I intend to come set up the camp and park something there. Okay. Um, so this is a single campsite. Yeah, yeah. I think this okay. is a spot. This does, is a spot. Does, that, here's my question to you: Does this campsite give you access to a place that you can't get access to it any other way? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. This. So I'm. I'm just going to use my own examples. This would be a place where I could go set up camp of a certain size and, and comfort level, but. My intention is to use that as my base of operations, and I'm going to go hunt where. Okay, so you're not really trying to hold a hunting not spot. Holding a hunting spot. Because there's a difference. I want, like, a, I want you, a spot to camp. Because you could, I mean, the other scenario would be dead end, dead end road that goes into all this big country, and mm-hmm. this is the only access point, and you're trying to lock down a hunting location. Mm-hmm. I think that would be different. Yeah. Okay. In my mind, James. If you want to do the extra work and have that much forethought, go in there three days before and set up a tent. Mm-hmm. I personally wouldn't have a problem with that, mm-hmm. especially if it wasn't blocking some major access point to all this country. Do right. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that. Like there's some places out here where you can find one of those spots, and then there's a two-track that runs out the back of it. Yeah, and, and, and you're clearly just trying to save a lo- – there, there was one place in the Ozarks that we hunt that uh, – it's a long finger ridge that always has turkeys on it. And it, these people would come in like two weeks before turkey season and put a camper up right in that spot. And, I mean, they they weren't just looking for a place to camp. They were hunting that ridge. Right. And that was kind of like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and half the time they wouldn't be there. And so I'd just park by their camper and walk in there <laughs> when they weren't there. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. You know, it's like, if you're not going to even be here, mm-hmm. they were blocking a hunting location. Yeah. Right? So – your deal, I wouldn't have a problem personally. No, I wouldn't mm-hmm. either. And we saw that in New Mexico. Remember, we were hunting with straight out there, and they had the uh, we were bear hunting, and they had the uh, mule deer season coming up. Oh yeah, and yeah. They, yeah. People were bringing campers in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of days beforehand just to get a yeah, good on a, camping a spot. Billion acres. I mean, who cares? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. D- have does that, that yeah. help you? Yeah, that helps me a lot, actually. Because I mean, I'm go set to it up now, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's May. I'm gonna get the lawnmower down there and keep it cut nice and short. And I mean, it. I think the key to any public land hunting is to have at least three options. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I've been thinking. You know, I I identified several places where we could go, and knowing what I want to try to get in there, you know, I can go to any one of those spots, and maybe what I'll do is send somebody ahead of me with a small car, go drive this loop, and tell me which one to go to. Yeah. yeah, so that I don't have to, because I'm if I'm going to take a camper in. Well, there or yeah, and you know? your 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 deal is a little bit harder because you got to find a spot with a camper. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely go in there a week before James. Mm-hmm. You also, I mean, really, because it, it's different. Like if you if you're setting up a camper, you've got to have a really specific mm-hmm. place. I think a lot of this goes back to motivation. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if I knew that about you, I would not be upset that you camped in that spot a week before. 
Yeah. These people that put their camper there, again, that I was upset with. They weren't there. They, they just were, parked it there. They were blocking a, a hunting location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dif- different they probably motivation. Lived, they were probably lived local and just throw the camper in there. To- yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one place that we hunt. Uh, close to where I took you this year, where somebody left the camper and they left the camper. Like it's been there for like three years. <laughs> Storage space. Eventually, the Forest Service is going to have to haul it off. Well, normally, you know, like especially on state ground, you're limited on the amount of time that you can stay in one yeah, spot. That's yeah, right. That's true. Yep. So, yep. What's another one? Okay. There's a couple more good ones on this list. Um, what do you do if you see a tree stand in the woods? What do you do if you see another hunter in the woods? Okay. We kind of talked about that with turkeys. You know, every species I think is going to be a little bit different depending on is it firearm season, is it bow season, mm-hmm. maybe things like that. But I mean, th- these are things that maybe some of the new hunters really need to hear and understand how mm-hmm. to deal with. So it, the legality, I believe, of hanging a tree stand in Arkansas on our state land, don't quote me, but I, I, I want to say you, you're supposed to be able to leave a stand up for like, Two weeks or something, yeah, I think something like that. At one point, one time it was fourteen days. I don't know if it's still okay. Yeah. So, so let's say let's just pretend like that's the law. Mm-hmm. The law is that a stand can be hung up for fourteen days. Now, people leave stands all the time, mm-hmm. year round. Mm-hmm. That happens constantly. It's rarely enforced that right. I've seen in most places. But so, if I walk into a stand, walk into a place, and there's a tree stand there, it would be a pretty massive etiquette violation to go 40 yards away and hang another tree stand. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless. You ready? Yeah. That stand is covered in leaves. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's a new tree stand, and you can tell this dude hung this a yeah. week ago. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, get the heck out of there. Absolutely. And go somewhere else. Now, you find a stand that's been left in there for three years, mm-hmm. and you look at the steps and the straps, and you're like, this guy hadn't been here in a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Many times I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can tell that when if the straps are grown into the tree a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. or they're covered in moss, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So hang your stand and hunt there. I mean, and you're using other context clues as well. Right. I mean, are there boot tracks in the road where this yeah. guy's been in here? Cigarette butts. Are there, you know, is there a truck parked there? Yeah. Is he in it? Is he in the stand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, so in general, you're always wanting to get away from people, but just because there's a stand hung there doesn't mean that that guy's claimed that spot for eternity. Right. And it all goes back to context. If you're hunting a place that has a ton of hunters, like there's a WMA around here that is just notorious for having a ton of hunters, you can't walk 300 yards in the woods without finding a tree stand Mm -hmm. or evidence of people hunting. Right. Down in some of the other places I hunt, Geez, if I found a tree stand out somewhere, I would just be like, I w- I'm getting miles away from here. This guy's in my spot. Yeah, he's in my spot. <laughs> Is that satisfy? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, talk about real quick, let's talk about just you're out hunting um, and you run across, you happen to see somebody else or you're you're in a spot and you're actively – still and somebody else is coming up on you you know talk about the safe ways to handle that talk about the ethical ways to handle that real quick i think that's something important to touch on yeah you know they talk about that somewhat in hunter's ed but yeah you know how many of us remember that well i i think first of all you don't want to start waving your hand or moving a lot no i mean like somebody's walking towards you they got a firearm in their hand 
you don't want to be like, hey, because mm-hmm. I mean, they could think that movement. And Clay was, like, was waving his hand. Then. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah, waving. <laughs> yeah, they could automatically think that movement was an animal thereafter. The first thing to do is to verbally or whistle. I whistle. Yeah, whistle is the best thing. <laughs> I'm I'm constantly listening. I'll hear a bird whistle when I'm in the woods, and I'll stop and look in the trees thinking that somebody's whistling at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, what you should do if you see somebody in a tree stand or they whistle at you is to make eye contact with them, perceive what's happening with them. I mean, and, and they might flag you over to them. I mean, I've done that before with people. Wave at them. Yeah, to get you in range. Just, just be like, hey, come over. You know, and, and maybe you can talk to them. <laughs> get over here yeah. inside bow range. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, somebody in a tree stand probably wouldn't do that. But, like, if you're on the ground, you know, they might wave you over and you yeah. might go greet them or, or just talk, you know, where are you going? Well, I'm right. going to go over here. Okay. Or 80% of the time what you need to do is turn your butt around go and right go back. back the exact way you came and – do something else. I mean, yeah, that's that's the answer. Here's something to running into somebody that you, we talked about. Everybody's in there bow hunting together, and you don't. Want, but on some public land, you can bow hunt and you can squirrel hunt mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah, now, I've been yeah. sitting in public land, uh, not far from where I live, bow hunting, and here, pow, a twenty-two. I'm like, who's shooting a twenty-two? Then you see mm-hmm. the guy coming through. Still hunting, and he's got just as much right to be there as you. Yeah, do. yeah that's a tough one. You know, I and mean, you just let him know where you're at. Yeah. Hey, I'm not a squirrel sitting up here, and usually they just go right on. <laughs> and I've buddies, had that happen. My buddies uh, that I squirrel hunt with over here, uh, they said last year their dog went in and treed. They were road hunting, so they turned the dogs out and let them run down the road, and uh, they uh, the the dogs dove off the road and went in there and treed. Well. They come around the corner and there's a truck parked there, oh. and their dogs are down there treed. And they walk down to the. I mean, they got to walk to the dogs. Yeah. And literally, the dog is treed like ten feet from a guy in a tree stand. Oh, oh man. Just cha, 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 cha. And he said, "They said the guy was real nice." And he said, "He had the squirrel." <laughs> it went in a hole. <laughs> and they were real apologetic. They said, "Hey, sorry, man. We we didn't know you're in here." And the dog. Anyway, he, they said the guy was real nice, and they retrieved the dog and got out of there. Yeah. Anyway, that was well, that's what story. you do. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah. And it's kudos to the guy in, the, in there not getting mad. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, hey, hey, talk real quick about something that you just said: road hunting. So, you know, there's it's all, a really effective way to hunt. There's mm-hmm. all different manners of road, <laughs> especially at night. <laughs> what a spotlight! <laughs> okay, people, that was a joke. Okay? <laughs> No, so, I mean, there's different manners of roads. If we're talking about national forest, you know, which ones, I mean, you're not going to road hunt for deer with a gun in the truck. That would right? Be not okay. legally. Yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily the, I, here's an example. Okay. So yeah, I went, so I went pronghorn hunting in Wyoming and we rode around on, private ground in the truck all over the place glassing glassing but you know we weren't shooting from the truck right but we had the guns in the truck with us chambers were empty but they were otherwise loaded and ready for us if we needed to get out and make a quick whatever um 
I mean, there's all these different kinds of scenarios, right? So you're in the national forest. You've got varying levels of roads. You can walk the roads. Some people are going to use four wheelers or UTVs on the roads. I mean, let's just talk about that real quick. And people may not really realize what really is a good idea or a bad idea on that. Are you saying like, can you squirrel hunt? I'm not a hundred percent seeing the question. <laughs> well, let me just say, like we we road hunt our coon dogs sometimes and our squirrel dogs, which means bird dogs and bird dogs. Absolutely, it means you run them in front of mules or your truck mm-hmm. or your or your four wheeler, right? And the dogs run down the road trying to scent game, and they're not usually pointing or treeing game on the road, right? Your squirrel dog smells a squirrel and right. dives Frosty. off the road and. Goes down in there, hundred yards in trees. Like that's kind of what happens, right? And so you go off and shoot the squirrel, and right. your truck's parked on the road. Like that's normal, right? But somebody who doesn't know might hear road hunting as a term and think, "Oh, I can drive down the road, and if I see a squirrel, I can." Okay, okay. Because I said that, didn't I? I said we were road hunting. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That that's what that means. Yeah. And, and there there are legalities about you know how close you can shoot to a. Paved road for sure, in uh, a maintained any, road. Yeah, any maintained road, uh, state, federal, or county maintained road. If somebody lives on it, if a, you can pretty well figure, if a school bus drives down that road, you can't shoot from it. I yeah. think you got to be like 150 feet from right. the center line of the road. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. So it 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 all comes back to etiquette and being respectful it all comes back to the individual seasoned or rookie to know the law to know what's expected of him legally and safely first before he ever steps out into the woods Mm -hmm. it's not always the case but it is their responsibility Mm -hmm. because ignorance of the law is no excuse yeah yeah yep when he gets right down to it Mm -hmm. yeah no and that's a good point I think that you know, there's the legality of it, which we mm-hmm. all need to know one way or the other. And then there are these unwritten rules that we've been talking about right. that come from experience that sometimes they come from bad experience and yes. we just get out there and make mistakes. Um, you're going to, I make mistakes. We all do. I think have the wherewithal that if you get out and put yourself in a situation where you walk through somebody's hunt or you do something that you can tell they're clearly upset with you about, you know, it's the golden rule. It's just like apologize, try to make it right, try to get out of the way, whatever. And, you know, I would hate for, I would hate for new hunters or people who are just getting back out into it, especially right now. I mean, people are so stressed out anyway. You could kind of look at a lot of negative interactions with people and, blame it on the current situation right but i would hate for those things to to turn people off from from hunting or from being out in the woods because they're like we've talked about there's so much to gain yes. from being out there i it has this spring being out in the woods has helped me keep my sanity i'm mm-hmm. not not making light of that at all i mean it's it's been good to refresh and and I would hate for somebody to get a bad taste in their mouths and never go back. Yeah. So sure. hopefully hopefully we've helped some people out with that. Yeah. Yeah. If not, 
regardless, James, you and I know where we're going hunting together when Clay's not going to be there, right? <laughs> They're going back in there. <laughs> no. No, I think I think this has been a pretty well-rounded discussion. Uh, I, you know, there's a thousand specifics that we probably didn't cover. Yep. But in general, if your buddy takes you to a spot, assume you can't go back. If you see another hunter, go as far as possible away from him. Try to understand the cultural norms of the place that you're hunting. Hmm. If it's a if it's an area that has very sparse hunting pressure, then if you see someone, you should go as far away as possible. Hmm. If you're in an area that has super dense hunting pressure, then maybe it's acceptable for you to park in the same parking lot as another car. Like just don't assume don't assume anything and don't assume that somebody's a bad guy because <laughs> they don't take you to their don't take you to their spot or you know again we're we're talking about how we got to increase hunter number and access and then we're talking about how to keep our spots secret that's just the game don't don't hate the player hate the game yeah, that's right and and it's and it's not the game's fault either you know part of hunting is doing your own work yeah and but we all got to have a leg up i mean i didn't i've not become i mean you know everybody's got to stand on somebody's shoulders. Mm -hmm. People took me to their spots that I learned from, you know? Uh, so, so there's no, you know, it's not like you got to be this, you know, nobody's an Island. Nobody's done it all on their own. Nobody. Right. But there is part of being a hunter is being disciplined and doing the work and doing the planning. And that's the fun of it. Yeah. That's the reward. So, so, you know, that's where, and, and I would say another big rule of thumb and just kind of summarizing what we're talking about is is perceive someone's motivation inside of like spot giving and different things. I mean, you know, there's no – you don't have to do the same thing with two people because two people may have two totally different motivations and you have the right to withhold or give information to anybody you want, you know, based upon what you think their motivations are. Uh -huh. And, you know – there's a uh, somebody told me the other day, uh, Tennessee mountain bear hunter. Uh, he told me some things are just sacred. Yeah, and we get to call them sacred just because we chose to make them sacred. Sacred meaning set apart, special. And he said things that are sacred make life worth living. And sometimes hunting spots are kind of sacred. Sure. It's just like, so you don't have to dish them out, but at the same time, sharing something sacred is a valuable part of a relationship. So just be wise, and uh, and yeah, share. I think I think it's great to share information. You know, if you're a mentor, share information about how they can learn to fish, quote unquote, yes. not just give them a fish. Yeah, because there is a lot of a lot of uh, there's plenty of places to hunt. More so out west. Boy, out west, I mean, golly, there's so much ground, so much public ground. The culture's a little bit different out there with public land mm -hmm. spots than it would be here, which we have quite a bit of public ground here in Arkansas, but still much less than, say, the state of Montana that's like 80, I don't know what percentage of public land it is, but m more public land than private land. Right. right. Uh, you know, a lot of those states out there are like that. So anyway, just different cultures. Don't assume. 
keep your mouth shut most of the time. Be and, safe. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Do the right thing. Closing thoughts. That was my summary. I like it. I like the I like the idea of it. I I love public land hunting. I like the the utilizing the resource and doing it the right way. You know, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun. It should be fun. It should be work. You should have to earn it because it it makes it so much better. The reward is so much better. Yeah. Ah, I I gave my closing thought. All right, Colby. No, I think this is a really good conversation to have. I think overall it's just, you know, just being mindful of others and just being, you know, I'm not going to do anything to try to cause anyone to stumble. And so I think if we understand that we're sharing the same space and that we all have ownership of it, but also like respecting the nuances of, of the, you know, just things that are culturally accepted, not just that, but just, you know, not assuming things and just putting yourself in the other person's shoes and just, you know, just being... Uh, a person that takes in all things and not just make like a split section second des- decision to actually consider things before just doing it you know yeah. um, I think that would solve a lot of the a lot of the conflict uh, yep inside these scenarios right on alright guys thanks so much thanks James you bet thanks Thank Brent you. thanks you Colby keep the wild places wild so that we'll have a lot more ground where we can all spread out and go hunt just don't go duck hunting Excellent. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.